Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action episode 17 of season four. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Weggspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter. So uh, my voice is back, Action, or almost back. It's probably like 95%, so it's not too bad. Thanks for driving last week. Uh, you're you're in different digs this week. You're down in Indy seeing the family, huh? Yeah, yeah, here in Fishers, Indiana, at my brother's house in uh in his home office here, so a little different background, but I think the listeners are happy to have our, our number one QB back under center here, <laughs> Wags, driving the show, so hopefully we can get the offense rolling this week. Well, all I know is we went 5-0, and action, so there may be there may be a, an angle there. Um, we'll have to check the cap on that, but True. Um, but yeah, for our listeners, we did go 5-0. and We'll talk about more later, but we had a really great week in the circuit contest. We we vaulted up the standings, so more on that later. Uh, I am wearing my, my Circa Million 2 hat, too, right? We gave three. Yeah, two. No, this is three. This is three. Yeah. I got the three hat. For some reason, I thought we gave it to Dave. Maybe he gave it back. Um, <laughs> he probably gave it back. But anyway... Um, yeah, I'm just pretty much hanging around Chicago, so we'll be watching some movies. Uh, my daughter Sophia's back, so that's exciting. I uh, didn't have too much action over the weekend. I, after four or five days straight of going out, my voice needed a break. So once I picked up Sophia, I've kind of throttled down on the partying. Uh, I know you were concerned about me, though, so thank <laughs> you Thanks for those messages and, and well wishes by our listeners. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're uh, focused in here. Home stretch for the contest, so... Mm-hmm. All the more reason to do some digging and reading and trying to figure out who's on the COVID list and who's off the COVID list. It's like a never-ending saga. It's insane. We'll talk a little bit more about that later, Action. The, the lines are moving crazily as a result, so we'll have to try to sort through the noise. But thankfully, last week, we did what we needed to do and, and came through. So well, let's jump into it for the recap for Week 15. Um, you know, again, we've seen a correction. We've talked about this now for this third straight week. Uh, underdogs came in at six and ten against the spread, which is a total, you know, reversal from the first few weeks of the year, the first 10, 12 weeks. Um, now in Week 15, road dogs were four and six against the spread. We, you know, even unders unders flipped. You know, we had <clears throat> ten and six to the over this week. Road teams about split eight and eight. But we did have two games affected by the spread this week. It uh, didn't affect us, uh, thankfully. Um, but, you know, the Green Bay was one of those off the top of my head. And uh, was the other one? Um, was it Cleveland again? It was a it was a low-scoring game. But Cleveland was against Green Bay. Or, oh, sorry. Green, what was the other game? I'm, I'm blanking right now. Um, yeah, I, I don't recall. Was Pittsburgh and Tennessee? Perhaps? No, that was a pick um, yeah, that one was close. But yeah, anyway, we it, it did affect it a couple of times, which is unique. But for the most part, I mean, favorites are coming back with, with a vengeance. Um, they didn't win last night. We'll talk about that game a little bit with 49ers. But so, yeah, I mean, what do you think's going on? You think it's just time for the better teams to kind of take control? Yeah, you're seeing some separation here from the top uh, as Levi. <laughs> Levi thinks so, too. Uh, the things he, I think the dogs are barking. The dogs are not barking. <laughs> That's right. No, I just think that the better teams in the league are separating themselves. I mean, there's pretty clear line between the top 10 and the bottom 22, in my opinion. So you're seeing some of these bigger numbers and some of the favorites are getting home, as we saw last week with our picks. Right. right. Absolutely. I see you brought up a question here. What do you think of the Christmas schedule effect teams prep this week? Do you think the road team has an advantage? I mean... I'm not sure. I, you know, I don't know. And traditionally, this this is usually, I guess, the second to last. This is this is our first 18 week season, mm-hmm. so you've got three weeks to go. Normally, this week is in the mix, but you do have games on Christmas Day. There's two on Christmas Day, um, and then obviously about the balance on Sunday and Monday. The following week, I believe, maybe it's the same thing. I didn't even look at the schedule, so there is a bit of, a bit of an adjustment. Uh, I think the final week of the season, everything's on Sunday, though. They don't they don't have Saturday games because of the college playoffs or something like that. So 
Um, maybe that's next week too, because I, well, it's the 31st is when the playoff games start for college. But um, yeah, no, no Saturday games next week. There, it looks like all Sunday and a single Monday nighter on January 3rd. Mm-hmm. So, but I've heard some in the sports gambling media suggest that the on at least for the Sunday games, some of those teams that are at home on Saturday are going to have family time at least in the morning before sure. they make their trip to their local hotel as they normally do on Saturday night. And so they're just going to lose a little bit of focus because they have, they're at home and they have the family time Saturday morning before they really get into preparation later in the evening. Right. Right. It certainly could be an angle. Um, I mean, I think it depends on the team. You know, there's a lot of things that as we talked about, uh, you know, it's, it's a little crazy what's happening. So you just gotta, I just think the better coaches are going to have their teams prepared. That's kind of the way I'm my, my theory, mm-hmm. uh, even tonight and you know, Brable. And I mean, obviously they didn't play good in the first half, but man, they, they came around. So it's, it's one of those things, you know, preparation and then in game and, you know, adjustments that if coaches are still engaged, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about last week's highs and lows. Um, you know, your team, you know, we. This is what's great about this this show. You can just be a, a mouthpiece for the Colts fans, including action. Um, I am a Colts fan now too. I did get to watch nice. a little of um, Hard Knocks, the you know the new the interim series, which is cool. And it's funny because when it comes in, it's right when the Colts are starting to catch fire. But yeah, the Colts offensive line, uh, you know, Colts and the offensive line. I mean, they they went to the Patriots. This is one of our picks. They just came out and they really punched the Patriots in the mouth. They were up big in this game. Your guy, Mac Jones, did play very well in the fourth quarter and made it interesting. But Jonathan Taylor's, you know, scamper at the end of the game for whatever, 60, 66 yards to kind of clinch the game was incredible, allowing Wentz to only complete four or five passes in the game and win. But I think it's the offensive line is the story besides Jonathan Taylor, who I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even without Ryan Kelly, too, the center who unfortunately lost his baby, he and his wife, and so he didn't play. Um, yeah, very sad news. But um, despite Kelly being out, the offensive line was still fantastic, as they have been for the better part of the season once they got fully healthy. And Jonathan Taylor is reaping the benefits of that, certainly. Um, I, I'm wondering about Carson Wentz, though. I mean, he threw a really bad interception late in that game. The and, triple coverage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, triple coverage and the Patriots. That allowed the Patriots to get back in it and really close the gap there. And I fear that Carson Wentz's decision-making is going to make Reich even more conservative than he has been. And I think the offense is better when they're opening it up and and trusting Wentz a little bit. But I understand why, because he makes those bad decisions. It probably depends on the defense they're playing. I mean, we know the Patriots' defense is not superior, but they, they, they do really good things and they disguise a lot. They got good pressure when they could. You know, in that game, besides, you know, the offensive line for the Colts, I think in the second half, especially the fourth quarter, the offensive line of the Patriots, oh, man, they, they couldn't get to, to Jones. I mean, yeah. I was like, this guy got all day back there. Of course he's leading passes. It wasn't all just coming out quick. So, you know, I'm looking at something action. Sorry to go off the script here. It looks like there's something about fitness in this league. Like you saw this against when when Tampa. Remember when they were playing um, whoever the other week, um, the Bills. Mm-hmm. You know the second half, these fourth quarters. It seems like the teams aren't as in, in as good a shape as they should be at this point of the year. Where the fourth quarters, teams are tiring out. Uh, the team that's coming back, that has an advantage. But I mean, look even Green Bay, they could barely get Baltimore and get that win against Baltimore. So. Yeah. There's something to it about, you know, getting those teams that are just gassed. Uh, you got to get off the field on third down early. Otherwise, it's a long fourth quarter for your team. Yeah, definitely, especially against a good running team. Mm-hmm. The second one was the Saints. You know, this is <laughs> Saints D versus Tampa. And now, granted, it was a weird game for Tampa. They ended up losing God, half their offensive starters. I mean, Godwin got knocked out, Fournette. Mike Evans got knocked out too. It was like everybody on that team was getting hurt. But Dennis Allen had to step in as the head coach for this week. He has the blueprint to slow down this Tampa team. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but he's done it four times in the regular season. They should have beat him in the playoffs last year, hint, hint. But they win nine to nothing at Tampa, which is, you know, Tampa's been covering against everybody there. So, I mean, they obviously sacked Brady four times and, 
you know, whatever. They they limit him to six of nineteen on third down. That's that's getting it done. So I don't know. Besides that, I mean, Tampa, the Saints team is really hard to figure out. But against Tampa, it's easy to pick. Yeah, right. They definitely have Tampa's number. I think though, losing some of the offensive starters, Mike Evans went out as well, and they've now lost Fournette for probably the rest of the regular season. I think that is going to have a pretty big impact on the Tampa offense. They're just yeah. not the same. They don't have the same weapons, and it's clear that Brady has been reliant on those guys to be more efficient. So right. interesting. And then on the Saints side, I mean, what a great performance by that defense to hold the Buccaneers scoreless, regardless of who's on the field, was a, a really big performance. And I think credit goes to Allen, certainly. Yeah, and, and Brady said, uh, what did he say, Fuck you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, very interesting. No flag, no taunting penalty there. No taunting, but I mean, he he's got. I mean, there's a couple of guys. You remember, you know, back in the day, I think I don't know Rex Ryan or something used to have, you know, a little bit of Brady's number. I like when Brady gets get, gets under his skin. He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Um, so it's, but I don't know. I mean, the Saints are on the cusp of the playoffs. It's possible they make it, but you know, it's like I feel like they can beat the the Bucks and nobody else when it comes to the playoffs. But true, we'll see. The other positive or high I had was Tyler Huntley. This dude, I mean, you put it, you you text me during the game, Lamar. Who? I mean, yeah. the kid is is playing ball, and I like the way he runs the ball. I mean, it's more, it's not as many planned runs as Lamar. It's more scrambles, but I mean, he's not afraid to chuck the ball downfield, make some tough throws. They were getting beat pretty good in this game, but came back, and uh, they ended up covering the numbers we mentioned already. But he's not turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he seems to have more of a passing ability than Lamar, too, which brings a whole other dynamic to this offense. Uh, 28 out of 40 for 250 pass yards, two touchdowns, and then he had those two rushing scores late in the game, too, which brought him close. And uh, I I think that you're seeing a Ravens offense that is able to put more points on the board without Lamar, <laughs> coincidentally. And, uh, I mean, you've seen last week that number went way over the total against the Packers, and you, I, I think that... Again, this week against the Bengals, we're looking at another high-scoring affair because it looks like Huntley's going to be under center again. Well, will the will the Ravens go for two again? I, this is <laughs> three straight weeks action. They've yeah. done, they've been denied, and they two of them they would have won the game. The other one they would have tied. They had to go for two. Interesting decisions by John Harbaugh, and you know they're actually on the outside looking in right at the moment. But yeah, they've been a playoff team pretty much all year. It's a really big game on Sunday. We'll talk about it in a minute. On the lows, you know, the Chargers on fourth down. I, you know, this this helped. Uh, at least I had the Chiefs. You know, in my pick 'em, I'm doing really well in the contest. By the way, um, my my pick 'em league now. But Brandon Staley, we talked about this early in the year. He loves analytics. He's all about going for fourth down. They they got stuffed early in the game, which maybe I could see. Then they got they went for it on like the 20 or something and got missed that. I know they love you know kicking against the Chiefs, but it did come back to haunt them in a way. I mean, a lot of people will defend this, but two of five on fourth down, three zero oh and three in the red zone, and they lose the game in overtime, 34 to 28, which was it was an epic game. I love that game on Thursday. But what are your thoughts on all these decisions? Yeah, I kind of forgotten about it because it was so long ago, it seems. But, you know, Staley has proven that he's going to make that decision every time, and mm-hmm. he's not wavering. And it appears that his players and coaching staff are on the same page because they all have the same mantra. I think he's right. come out and said that even in the playoffs, he's going to play that way. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they have a, they have an expectation. They have a, the playbook for it. And so I expect they're going to continue to do it. However, it certainly – you know, can bring some wild swings in Chargers games because you might have one week where they're going to hit those at like 80% or another week like last week where it's 40 and it's really big change in the game in terms of scoring. Well, and they got to run the ball in fourth and one. I mean, they did it three times where they, they tried to do a basically a pass on fourth and one. I know they got Herbert. He's their best player, but just run the football, guys. Come on. Um, but yeah, Chiefs got it done again. Another win and another cover in this particular case. The last one was the Cardinals in the red zone. I mean, we were on this game. Detroit uh, played great. Your your new hometown team was awesome. But when I looked at the box score, I didn't realize that the Cardinals never scored in the red zone. They were 0-4 in the red zone, whether it's either turnovers or on downs. They lost 34 to or 30 to 12. But 
but man, that was really, uh, I mean, obviously they're not unblemished on the road, both against the spread and in general, but that was an interesting turn of events. Yeah, the Lions really dominated the Cardinals on Sunday. There's no question about that final score, 30 to 12. But you're right. I mean, the total yards was pretty close. At the the Cardinals had almost 400 yards of offense in the game. They were certainly moving the ball, and uh, really kind of even in the box score, except for those red zone miscues, which ultimately cost the Cardinals. It matters a lot. I mean, they don't really have, I mean, with, with Hopkins out, they don't have like the go-to receiver and they, they aren't really committed to the run in the red zone, which is mm-hmm. always important to have that. So we'll see going forward. They got a big game against your team tomorrow. Yeah. James uh, Connors banged up too, which doesn't help them running the ball. Although I think Edmonds came back last week. Yeah. He's coming back. Well, let's talk about the big topic, key injuries and the COVID stuff. I mean, this is n- nuts. The Chiefs, I, I listed there, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey appear that they're going to miss, although Hill, I don't know if he can come back and he's vaccinated or not, but mm-hmm. I've got him out for now. Have you seen any news on those guys? I'm reading that both of them are unlikely to test out. At least they haven't yet. They've got one more day tomorrow, which I understand the new rules allow them to potentially test out, but also the kicker, Harrison Bucker. So they're going to be looking to sign a backup kicker as well. Could be tough for them on Sunday without those two weapons. So this week it's the Jets that have everybody on the list. 17 players in the in the head coach Robert Sala. So I would guess that's lining up against the Jets. That's a it's too bad because they're playing the Jags. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, battle of battle for for the number one pick, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean it's. I don't know if there's any possibility moving this game. I haven't heard much of that, but good point. Me neither. Probably a stay away. Yeah. Uh, but this <laughs> yes. this Saints, Saints quarterback room, you've got Trevor Simeon and you know Hill, Taysom Hill on the COVID list. Ian Book, your your once great Notre Dame quarterback, Ian Book is supposed to start. That explains that line movement, I guess, against the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, so now they're without Winston, who was the regular starter, and second and third string. They're really down to their fourth-string quarterback now. And uh, Book was great at Notre Dame, but this will be his real first test in the NFL level. And uh, you're right, you're seeing the line move almost up to three now with Miami. Yeah, and the Finns have won six straight, so they're still in the playoff hunt. they got to keep winning, as is the Saints are in there, too. Uh, Jared Goff on the COVID list. Uh, Tim Boyle. I mean, we know the offense. Uh, actually, Goff played pretty good last week. I want to yeah. give him some credit. I'm, I'm an anti-Goffer. I'm anti-vaxxer, anti-Goffer. <laughs> but um, Tim Boyle is is got to be a downgrade for the Lions. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, he had one game where he saw some action earlier this year. I think he threw for like 80 yards and two interceptions against the Browns. So right. definitely a huge downgrade for the Lions as they go on the road to Atlanta. Right. You've noticed uh, Chris Godwin tore his ACL. That's that's a bummer. He had a great season, uh, so he'll be out for, you know, that's a big weapon. And, and with Antonio Brown kind of God knows where he is with his fake uh, vaccination card, you know, and Mike Evans kind of dinged up. This really affects the offense. You've got Fournette is placed on IR. What was his injury? Uh, it was a, some sort of foot injury, but okay. he's on IR at least for the end of the regular season, potentially could return in the playoffs. Yeah, Levante David, their their linebacker is on IR with a foot injury as well. So there's a lot of – this is the thing about repeating in the NFL. This is why it doesn't happen very often because yeah. injuries are such a big part of the game. And it's very hard to be, you know, injury-free for multiple years. And we even saw it with the Chiefs last year. You know, their offensive line just got decimated as the season went on and they couldn't get it done. So this is tough because as good as Brady has been and he maybe is in the MVP conversation, but – Without those weapons, with three weeks to go, he may not do much. Yeah. Antonio Brown is set to return this week from his suspension. Mm-hmm. So it looks like he's going to be back out there, which will be one offset to all these losses. Right. Minnesota's got both their top running backs on the COVID list <clears throat> with Dalvin Cook and Madison. Uh, Madison. So that's that's rough. Um, I'm not sure who the next guy is, but we'll we'll see that they've been they've been churning and they've been they've been making some plays. Is there any chance for these guys to return this week? I don't think so. No, Madison has been on there quite a few days. I think he was very early in the week. So potentially, I'm not sure of his vaccination status, but Mm -hmm. um, I think Dalvin Cook has already been ruled out. Right. 
the other team that's getting affected by COVID is the Texans have 18 players on the list. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're playing, let's see, Texans I got against the, uh, they're playing the Chargers. So, obviously, it's going to be a popular pick in a contest. Uh, <laughs> I think so. But they, they may move the team, move the game, but I don't know if they will. Uh, but we'll see. They, they, they haven't been playing great anyway. Um and then Lamar Jackson is unlikely to play. So our guy, Tyler Huntley, looks like he's going to be in again for the Ravens against the, you know, the Bengals, which, you know, it's a huge game in the division there. And lastly, Teddy, Teddy covers out concussion. He got knocked out in that game, the last game, but he still, you know, actually that we didn't pick this game, but the Bengals got to the window against them. They won 15 to 10. Drew Locke will start in Vegas, which I guess we could talk about that in the handicaps, but that Mm -hmm. theoretically is a downgrade, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I would say, I mean, even though Teddy's not no high flyer putting points on the board, but Drew Locke and his abilities to throw interceptions is uh, pretty good. So I think uh, at least two to three points in my mind, downgrade. Gotcha. Let's talk about the power rankings. Um, not a lot of changes, just kind of some movements, and maybe I didn't update this. I know I did. So the Bills, I still have number one. I know the Bills, you can't their, – their body of work is too good, apparently, even though they're 8-6 and six and, and everything. Um, Cowboys, though, are number two by themselves now, the Legs Index. You've got the Cardinals and Patriots tied at three, essentially, then the Bucks at five, then your Colts at six. The Rams jump up. They've had two good performances at seven. Packers and Chiefs. I listed all of them because these are kind of the – in my pool, these are the guys who could potentially win the title. Sure. Uh, I don't think we'll be out of this personally. Although the Titans, you know, if they give Derrick Henry the way that they played with nobody, I mean, it's possible, right? But um, how does that compare to your DVOA? Pretty close. I, I think uh, really the one oddball there between these two lists is the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, it's a team that had a lot of good numbers early on in the season, but recently mm-hmm. with some of their losses, J.J. Watt on the defensive line. I think has sure. been a huge loss for that unit. And then DeAndre Hopkins, they're certainly not the same team that they have been according to the metrics. So uh, that's probably the one team that I would think is uh, really should be manually downgraded, if you will. But right. on the DVOA side, uh, Bucks are number one, followed by the Cowboys, Bills, Rams, and Patriots rounding out the top five. And then the Chiefs, Niners, and Colts are just a hair behind. Now, was this after the game last night with the Niners or before? Before, yeah. Okay. Yeah, certainly a tough loss for them in Tennessee. Yeah, it was uh, it was bad. They should have – well, we'll talk about that in two seconds. Nice transition, actually. So <laughs> that's what they call a transition of the biscuit, everybody. So we've got um, week 16, the Lions. So the game already happened last night. 49ers went to the Tennessee. Interesting game action. I mean, the game opened, you know, Tennessee is, you know, is a short favorite, but obviously flipped to the 49ers because they've been winning so well. But this team came out 10 to, 10 to nothing. Jimmy G threw a bad pick in the end zone that probably should have been another score. And then they, he threw another pick, in, you know, at some point, 10 to nothing at halftime. And then the second half, it was the A.J. Brown show. I mean, they could not stop that dude. And he had, I don't remember the final total, 142 yards or something receiving. I don't understand the coverage, to be honest with you. Nobody else was catching the football. Yeah. But um, Tannehill made a good run. They ended up winning the game outright, 20-17, to 17, after Jimmy G did take him down for a long drive. But, you know, Debo Samuel is also a beast. Those two guys, Samuel and, and uh, A.J., were just incredible. But kind of a bad loss for the Niners. I mean, the Titans now, with a Colts loss, will secure the division. Yeah. <clears throat> Colts are probably going to win this week, but it looks like the Titans are in line to win this division still, which really helps their chances, especially uh, when they get Henry back. Yeah, definitely. I was as a Colts fan, that was uh, certainly a bummer last night because I thought the Niners were primed to win that game. Yeah. But uh, they just couldn't stop AJ Brown late. I mean, it, he was getting a little handsy on some of those. I think there could have been an OPI in there too. Oh, from, he threw that guy down. From my perspective, but. Uh, he definitely is a big boon for that offense to get him back now because Julio Jones is in and out of the lineup and obviously can't stay healthy. So I'm still I'm still thinking the Colts have an outside chance, though. The Titans have need to lose two more, which they're certainly capable of doing, and then the Colts have to run the table. Right, right. I mean, they do. That would probably mean that the, the Titans have to lose to the Texans. But right, true. It's possible week 18. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Colts are a better team, but it just, what I will tell you, we, we kind of traded text last night. I don't know. I mean, we've talked, there's a lot of candidates for the coaching of the year. It's hard to argue against Vrabel. I mean, this dude is getting his team up every week. This team was an offensive team the first six or seven weeks. As soon as Henry went down, they've been a defensive team. Um, they played a totally different way and, you know, creatively somehow went, they should have beat the Steelers. I mean, we, we had the Steelers obviously in our contest, but you know, they had tons of turnovers. They've been, you know, if they don't have those turnovers. They're probably well, I mean, they're, they're only a game off the one seed anyway, but um, that's anyway. true. We didn't talk about that one, but I think, I think you're right. I think the Titans were the side in that one. That was a lucky victory for us last week. Yes. Well, we need some luck sometimes. <laughs> So, okay, here's a big game. Green Bay, uh, this is actually this is, oh, this Saturday. Is on Saturday, Saturday, where I was like 4.30. So this is an, on the Saturday games. There's two Saturday games. The first one is Cleveland against Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay opens a seven-point favorite at home, 44.5 point total. It's really sitting there at seven in the contest. Uh, let me look at what I'm seeing it at the pack. Yeah, seven and a half at Rivers. So mm-hmm. right in the neighborhood. Uh, I'm throwing 46. You got 45.5. So it's kind of been stable. I've heard Baker's supposed to play. I, I don't know if that's a good decision. Um, you know, generally speaking, the pack are great at home. Uh, this is a little bit bigger line than I would like to see it per the index. But besides last week, obviously they didn't cover against the Ravens, but this team is really good covering at home. I mean, I'm not saying we should put it in there, but it'd be a consideration for me, even though it's not necessarily an index pick. Yeah. I, um, I understand the, the point, and the Packers have been sublime against the spread this year, 11 and three on the season, and uh, and six and zero at home. So you can't argue with that. And on the other side, the Browns have not really been good at covering numbers. Only one out of their last five they've gotten to the window. Right. And uh, I think some of that has been uh, because of Baker and his lingering shoulder injury. They uh, haven't been faring well on that side of the ball. But I do think that the Browns are going to have an advantage on offense in the run game because the Packers have not been able to stop the run this year. And Nick Chubb is healthy and averaging five yards a carry. So I think that seven is a little bit too much, to be honest. I would probably lean to the Browns in this game if we were to put it in the pick'em contest. Okay. I think we should stay away then. I mean, I'm not saying that I wouldn't get on board with you there because – you know, and like I said, I, I have five and a half as my my spread. <clears throat> it's a little heavy, but again, how often is the spread coming into effect, right? So I'm to me, it's like, is Green Bay going to win the game? Probably. I mean, I've been on the Browns all year. I think the Browns should be better, but they they just can't seem to. When they have big leads, they blow them. When they're in these kind of tougher games, they just can't seem to get it done on offense. And you know, as much as Green Bay. Their record, kind of like last year, is a little inflated. Eleven and three—they're the best record in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. I just—I don't know what it is. I mean, obviously we know Rodgers is a great player, but they—they they somehow get it done, you know, at least in the regular season. So let's stay yeah. away. From Packers are a great teaser leg this week at home. Take the seven down to six. I mean, down to one. Good call. Good call. All right, so let's do Indy against Arizona. Arizona was as a five-point favorite at home, 49-point total. The Colts are showing as a one-point favorite for the Colts now in the contest. It's kind of all over the place, man. I, this this line keeps moving up and down. I'm seeing Rivers at Arizona one and a half, which is strange. I don't think it really matters. Uh, I still like the Colts because we're Colts backers, but <laughs> – is there a reason why we shouldn't be on the Colts and not think that this train, it's not just Jonathan Taylor, their defense is playing better and Arizona's trending down. I mean, and, and plus Arizona's not good at home, right? I, I don't know what the deal is. Is it, is it a sucker play? I mean, what's the deal? Everybody's going to take the Colts, right? I, I don't know, actually. I, I could see that some value pickers might be looking at Arizona in this game. I think really when you compare the, the metrics, I'm sure the Wags Index probably would suggest that Arizona's a better team. Right. Just just looking Mm -hmm. at that number. But I mean, you're spot on. Arizona has not been good at home this season, two and four against the spread. And uh, I think that the Colts, I mean, we could say it over and over again. The Colts rush offense is going to have their way with the Cardinals. They're uh, 28th in the league and run defense efficiency on first downs. I expect that Jonathan Taylor and I I believe that Naheem Hines is going to get involved tomorrow as well. So, um, 
Ryan Kelly is going to be out in the center, but the backup Pinter played really well last week and actually grades out as a good run blocker. Not so well in pass game, but right. uh, he's a good step in. And then the guard, Mark Lewinsky, was also put on the COVID list for the Colts. But I, I still think that the Colts' run game is going to be able to do well, and I would like to take them in the contest as well. Yeah, I think we just take them. I, I know that it's weird. You're right. The Cardinals are better in the Weggs Index, but the teams are very close. Um, I mean, they're tight, you know, 1.5 difference, which is basically a point on a neutral. Mm-hmm. So talking about maybe two, really the line's about right, the one and a half, the current line. So I'm not surprised that the contest, meaning Circa put the Colts as the favorite because I think they're going to be bet up as the the week goes on. But, um, you know, one points, it's it's a pick game basically. So I think Arizona, I think, I think the Colts are going to win. So let's do it. Right on. Here we go. Colts forever. <laughs> uh, all right. So we've got the next game. This is on the Sunday night slate or Sunday slate, one o'clock games. Tampa's going to Carolina. We just mentioned Tampa's woes, but they opened as an 11 point favorite on the road at Carolina, 48 and a half point total. 10 points in the contest, 44-point total. I'm assuming that went down with all this news. The big number, God, I don't know about this Carolina team. I can't – I don't I don't understand this team. Like, sometimes they play good. Sometimes they play like crap. I'm assuming Cam's going to play, or I don't even know if P.J. Washington. It's like these guys can't pick a starter, which would make it a lot easier to make a handicap here. But to your point, you know, one thing that Carolina has done well is – Play pretty good defense, especially against the run. You figure the Bucks have to run the ball with all these weapons missing, but I don't know if I can get a word on the contest with Carolina plus the 10. Yeah, I know. I have the same sentiment, too. I, I have no interest in the Bucks at that inflated price without yeah. their offensive weapons. I think the biggest loss for them is going to be Fournette in the passing game because Brady has been looking to him out of the backfield, and uh, his backup, Ronald Jones, just can't catch the ball. So, yeah. Uh, I do think that the value lies with Carolina here, but how can you get behind a Cam Newton-led football team right now? I certainly can't. I, I read again that Matt Rule is going to start Newton, but suggested that Sam Darnold could get some snaps too. So it's like, great. Yeah, thanks Thanks for that. I mean, I know he's trying to play games with uh, the defense, but I don't, they're like, we don't care who starts. for guys. It's just, can we score enough points against you? So good stay away, it sounds like, to me, action. Um, so, yeah. yeah. All right, the next game is it's a big game, I guess, for Philadelphia and the Giants. Uh, Giants go to Philly. Uh, Philly opened as a nine-point favorite at home, 43.5-point total. It's 9.5 in the contest, down to 40.5. So this is one of these situations, Action, and uh, do we know is the giraffe starting? Do we do we know if the giraffe is starting? That's correct, yeah. Daniels is out for this year. Uh, or just Daniel Jones, rather. The giraffe is our favorite, Mike Glennon. Uh, tall guy, long neck. So this team, the Giants aren't good. They're not good. Uh, the Eagles obviously won the battle uh, last week, and they, they played good against Washington when they had nobody. So the number is right where it should be, right? Um, it's just a lot of points, man, for the Eagles. I, yeah. I can't back the giraffe, but, I mean, we're going to have to pick one of these big spreads. It seems like this week – they're either really tight spreads or really big spreads. There's nothing in the middle. There's no, like, you know, five or six pointers. There's all, like, seven plus and ones. But um, what are your thoughts on this Eagles game? Yeah, I think uh, I definitely would lean to the Eagles here. They are going to be without head coach Sirianni, who tested positive on the COVID list. And so I have a little bit of concern that there may be more to follow there, especially potentially some of the quarterbacks. So sure. something that I want to monitor a little bit, but I do think that Philadelphia is going to be set up to have a lot of success in this game. Um, defensively, stopping Mike Glennon should be no problem. I do think that Jake Fromm perhaps could get a few snaps as well on that side of the ball. But uh, the Giants haven't been able to stop the run this year, and Philly is going to line up to do that with Hertz uh, and and uh, Miles Sanders. So I think that Philly could put up a lot of points in this game. Okay. Would you take it? Would you take him in a contest? Yeah, I think you should consider it. I, I certainly would lean to a yellow here, especially at nine and a half to right. getting a little bit of value under that uh, 10 point spread. Full disclosure, I do have the game at 11, but it just seems like a huge number. Yeah. But 
got to make good picks at some point. So let's put a yellow with one to consider. Okay. All right, so here's the next game we kind of mentioned already. Uh, the Chargers are going to Houston. The Chargers are 10.5-point favorites on the road, 45.5-point total on the opener. It's That's the same in the contest, 10.5. It's really the same, except, you know, a little bit the market says 10. You know, we, we just mentioned that Houston has a lot of guys on the COVID list. The Chargers are still in the mix in the playoffs. They're, they're in the playoffs, I believe, as of today. They really have to win this game. They can't lose to Houston. I've got the game at nine for the index, so it's not that far off. It's pretty close. Ten and a half is a tough number, but, you know, what do we think? you think they're going to go down there and roll roll these uh, Texans? Yeah, I do. I think this is one of the big spreads that I would probably look to target this week. Um, the Chargers coming off that tough loss in the divisional game last week to Kansas City need to get back on the right track to maintain their wild card status. And uh, I think I was reading that uh, Eckler is questionable, but I think that he's going to play. And I, I think it's going to be a big day for him and their offense. I I would probably look to back the Chargers. Do you think it'll be a popular pick in a contest with the COVID? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I do think that uh, there's probably going to be some folks that look to follow here just because of the massive list of Houston Texans. I mean, this is a team that was already rated pretty low as, as it was, and now they're losing a whole slew of players. They're going to be uh, downgraded tremendously. And then on top of that, I think the motivation is certainly a question mark as well. Yeah, I agree. I got them as the third worst team in the league. So, um, all right, let's let's put it. Should we put yellow or green on this one? Let, let's uh, color it yellow. I think okay. it's something I'd like to read into a little bit more before we put it in pen. Yeah, I mean, I, I just do think, and it's okay if we, you know, last week we had three picks with the contest with the, the field, so it's, it worked out for us. We still were able to move up and get those picks but you know we're just trying to be conscious of that as we go forward because i do think it'll be popular um the next one o'clock game is detroit against atlanta uh atlanta is opening as a six and a half point favorite 44 point total at home Uh, it's five and a half in the contest 42 and a half point total the news about jared goff does affect this game i was kind of on the lions initially uh mainly because look atlanta beats bad teams they get crushed by good teams it's kind of mm-hmm. that's their handicap this year so i think even though detroit has improved in the metrics you still got to consider them a bad team right so the falcons you know should be favored here but initially when i was looking at that six and a half five and a half i'm like well i mean the lions have played really good besides the flu game but without goff i mean uh, you gotta you gotta downgrade him, right? Yeah, definitely. I think it's a huge downgrade. They're still going to be without DeAndre Swift this week too. I do think Jamal Williams should be back, but uh, now they've got a few other players banged up. Khalif Raymond, the wide receiver, and Josh Reynolds, who had a big game last week, is questionable as well. So I think the Falcons, like you said, they like to beat up on bad teams, and on their side of the ball, they're going to be healthy with Cordarrelle Patterson and Kyle Pitts and Matt Ryan has been pretty good this year, mm-hmm. uh, all things told. He's learned a new offense, and they have been able to move the ball. So I, I think that I would consider taking the Falcons here, laying the five and a half. Another yellow on the board. Boy, we got a lot of a lot of yellows so far. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think this is kind of a spot that makes sense, and maybe it'll be a lower pick game just because they're not as exciting a team. Yeah. Well, let's move to this big one. We've already mentioned this like twice already. Baltimore's going to Cincinnati. Uh, battle for the AFC North crown here. If Cincinnati wins, they essentially win a division. So they open as a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home, 44-and-a-half-point total. They're three-point favorites in the contest with the same total in the market here. Uh, you know, I mean, I have the Bengals as a better team, uh, not by a lot, but they are better, um, especially the way they played. I do think Huntley's added an element here. Uh, but it's it's tough, man. I mean, I don't know how the home field advantage – This is they're basically – Three points on a neutral. I've got five on, you know, five at home. If they were you know, getting some home field advantage, so I think right. do think the numbers good for Cincinnati. But I don't know, man. This team, uh, we backed them a few times, and I and they did come through last week against the, the Broncos. But you know, will they turn the ball over? I mean, if this team doesn't turn the ball over, they win. It's pretty simple, and you can't yeah. predict necessarily. But Baltimore, I mean, God, they're such a John Harbaugh, such a great coach. They're always in the mix, man. They're always in the yeah. mix. And but the Bengals did house them last time in Baltimore. So 
it seems like it's it, everything's pointing to the Bengals, but usually that's when you go the opposite way. That's when action makes me go the opposite way. Yeah, that's true. This one's really hard, and ultimately I think it's probably a game we should pass on. But yeah. I, I think the Bengals are going to be able to have some success through the air. The Baltimore secondary is still in shambles without yeah. Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. Uh, Jimmy Smith and Westry and Chuck Clark are still on the COVID list, although I think there's a chance some of them could test out. But sure. uh, I, I thought it was impressive last week that the uh, Ravens were able to shut down. Um, Aaron Jones? Uh, no, the, the wide receiver, Devontae oh. Adams. Devontae yeah. Adams didn't really have a big game. No, he I mean, didn't. The Packers still put up a lot of points on them, but I think that the Ravens might have a similar game plan for Jamar Chase this week. Um, and shut down the Cincinnati star wide receiver a little bit. So I, I do lean to the Bengals, but I think it's going to be another heavy pick game and consider passing potentially. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. You know, because really, effectively, Baltimore has to win this game. These are all these yeah. throughout the season. There's certain games that they have to win. They've lost three straight. They have to win this game. So now that doesn't mean that they won't make the playoffs if they lose it. But it knocks them out of the division, and they're in, and they're in jeopardy of missing out, right? I mean, this whole division is stacked within like a game, and so you know Baltimore has to find right the ship. I mean, you got to look back and say those decisions to go for two are really costing you here and there. Maybe could have gone to overtime here and there, but um, in the end, I don't mind passing. Cause like you said, I think it's going to be a hotly picked game. Cincinnati's Cincinnati's a sharp darling. Everybody loves this team. Yeah, true. All right, a couple more games in the 1 o'clock window. There's a big 1 o'clock window on Sunday. Uh, we've got the Rams going to Minnesota. Uh, the Rams open as a 3.5-point favorite on the road, 48.5-point total. In the contest, it's 3, 49.5-point uh, total. You know, obviously the Rams have fit, found something uh, after, I guess, their bye probably, and they, they've definitely played better the last two weeks. Minnesota's right on the cusp as well in the playoffs. The Rams actually can take the division if they keep winning, especially if like the Colts knocked off Arizona here. Um, so I understand why they're favored. I just kind of feel like now that you mentioned the two running backs are out, that might be tough uh, for Minnesota. Originally I was like, oh, Minnesota all the way. They're, they're, they're kind of an up and down team, but I kind of like the Rams in this one now. I'm not sure if I'd love it for the contest, but I do think that that's, a little short number, actually, according to my numbers. Yeah, and now since the news yesterday about Dalvin Cook broke, you've seen it tick out to three and a half. So right. it definitely, and rightfully so, the running backs being out are a big loss for the Vikings. But I, like you, were was interested in backing them before that news, and now I think it's probably more of a pass. I'm not sure I can flip to the Rams side. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm okay, okay. with um I like having some passes once in a while. When we have too many decisions to make on Saturday, it's tough. Yeah. Can I interest you in a Jags-Jets game? No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll review it for our listeners because I know everybody wants to bet on the D-Gens out there listening. So we've got the Jets uh, open as a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home, 41-point total. The, it's now down to a pick in the contest, and then but in the market still, it's kind of both sides. You don't know who's going to back here. So 41.5-point total, this is a, a messy game, ugly game, boring game probably. Uh, I've got this rated pretty much about right. Jets maybe maybe the favorite here, but kind of a who-cares game. And you have no lean whatsoever or any on the total either? I mean, I would definitely look at the under given uh, all of the, the COVID issues that are going on on both sides. And the Jaguars have been killer to the under this season, I think. Yeah. Um, they are. They don't score. Yeah, eleven and three to the under Jacksonville this season. So I definitely would lean that way. But uh, in terms of the side, I think it's a straight up pass. I was interested in the Jets, but the COVID opt outs are going to be massive, and uh, I definitely don't want to back the Jaguars. Yeah. Okay. Pass. <laughs> Week sixteen equals pass. All right. Well, here's the last one on the one o'clock window. I'm glad this was the last one showing up here. You've got Buffalo going to the uh, the Patriots. Uh, New England opens a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home, 44-point total. Now it's two in the contest for the Patriots at home, 43-and-a-half-point total. It is wavering between that two and two-and-a-half. I'm all over the bills, bro. Uh, revenge. Revenge. Um, now, wait. You know, we know that the Patriots obviously have the formula to beat them with running the football. 
And Mac Jones did play really well in the fourth quarter, not great in the first quarters. But I just – I don't know. I, I just felt when they played last time, if it wasn't for the win, the Buffalo would have won – maybe not easily, but they would have definitely scored more points. And I I, I think the, the numbers probably – well, it's actually not right. I think it should be more like a pick. But I, get, I think there's value there with the, with the Bills here. I don't know what your thoughts are. I go to the other side here. I like mm. the Patriots again in this matchup. Um, I mean, initially you would have leaned that way, and I think the public will too to the Buffalo side. They got to get their revenge, and yeah. uh, this is effectively the AFC East championship game. It is. Um, but the injury reports on both sides have leaned to the Patriots. They're set to get back Damian Harris, the stud running back. He's practiced twice this week. Right. And I think they proved in the last game that the Bills just can't stop them on the ground. And I right. believe that they're going to just pound the rock again. Now, will Mac Jones throw it more than three times? Probably. But <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that the Bills are going to be able to stop them again. I'm not sure, miraculously, that they're going to be able to stop the Patriots running game. So the weather does favor them a little bit. I think initially it was looking like some rain and wind, which probably would have been a little difficult for the bills to wrap their minds around. Right. But um, on the other side, the, uh, the bills have played Gabe Davis and the, uh, the tight end. I forget his name. Now. Knox are both on the COVID list. And I think that is another downgrade for the bills offense. I think Beasley too. Right? Yeah. Beasley. Yep. And Beasley. So, um, they've lost some of their guys on offense too, and I think we did see the uh, Bills and Josh Allen move the ball on them last time. But without those receivers, will they be able to be as efficient? I'm not sure. I just, you know, and I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Uh, I just think it's going to be a, a Josh Allen game. I mean, he's just going to run this time. He's going to say F it. I'm going to throw it around. I'm going to run it around. And I don't think they had a real answer for him last time. It just was there were some drops and the wind was crazy and. But, no, I, you're right. I mean, if they're missing some weapons, I can see that. But, uh, well, looks like a stay away for us in the contest action. I, I, It's not that I can't get on board with New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I guess I just have a feeling the Bills are going to win this one. But that's not based on pure fact. So, there you go. Okay. We, we can see how things shake out between now and tomorrow morning too. I mean, sure. I do think, I do think though that there's going to be a lot of picks on the Bills in the contest. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, uh, four o'clock window, Chicago going to Seattle. Woo, whippy. Uh, Seattle open is a seven point favorite at home, 44 and a half point total. They're down to, what is it? Six or six, six and a half in the contest between 42 and a half and a 43 point total for Seattle here. I, it's too many points for Seattle to lay. I, the Bears suck. I mean, they suck. We all know they suck. But I don't think Seattle's any great shakes either. I, I mean, sorry, Ridgeway, but six and a half. When, when have they covered this number all year? And they haven't. And I know the Bears, but they're not that much different in the, in the ratings. So I either stay away. I don't think I could get on, on, the, on the Bears. But, um, I mean, that that is an index pick, the Bears. But, God, ugh, I mean, Throwing it up in the back of my throat there. Yeah, that, that could be a uh, could be a hold your nose and take it kind of thing. The, th- yeah. the problem that throws me is Justin Fields and his injury designation. He's got an ankle injury and was a DMP at practice yesterday. So yeah. if it's Andy Dalton, I'm not sure I'm interested in the Bears at all. Oh, oh the Bears. I mean, Nagy's a dead man walking. We all know that now, thankfully. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to pass on that one action. I mean... You know, okay. hopefully be pleasantly surprised if the Bears, you know, cover and win the game somehow. All right, what about this one? Pittsburgh against Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City Open is a nine-and-a-half point favorite, 48-point total. It's seven now uh, for the Kansas City at home, 46-point total. But the market is at nine-and-a-half and ten still. Is that right? So what is going on here? What is uh, – I see eight-and-a-half at Rivers. So is it? Be, it's not Tyree Kill. Are there other people injured for the Colts that are affecting this number? Uh, for for the Steelers, you mean, or or on the Chiefs side? Well, the the number. Okay, so what I'm saying is, Circa's making a decision because the mm-hmm. markets it started at nine and a half. I see it eight and a half. You're showing nine and a half, ten. So it's definitely it's a good number for the Chiefs at seven compared to the market. Right. But 
do you think that Circa's making a decision that because Hill's out and Kelsey is on the COVID list, right? Yeah. Yeah, they both are. That they're going to basically, I mean, if they're both out, of course, that's going to hurt their chances. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the Steelers, we, we know the Mike Tomlin angle. Oh, he covers big numbers and blah, blah, blah. And they're still in the playoff mix. Mm-hmm. I don't trust the Steelers team at all. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it would be Chiefs or pass for me, especially at this number. Right. But the, I I believe that the number was selected with the in mind that there could be some more news that's going to come out of the Chiefs camp. I've heard some rumblings that the COVID bug might be a little bit wider spread than the current list shows right now. And okay. if there's more folks that are out, the Chiefs could be in some dire straits. I mean, without those two weapons, too, they're certainly not quite as dynamic on offense. And that's for sure. They, they, I mean, the Steelers are are primed to be taken advantage of, though. It seems, though, that the Chiefs should be able to have some success against them. But the question is, can he do it with the backups? Right, right. Fair question. Ugh. Yeah. Boy, this is this is why it makes this this contest hard. Makes the NFL hard. I mean, this is. Um, man, when I saw seven for the Chiefs, I'm like, lock it in. Yeah. And now you're giving me the. But no, you're right. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's uh, it's tough. I mean. I would propose that we keep this one yellow because I think it could be a sneaky, good contrarian pick, too, if we kind of go against the COVID news because it's still a good team. And as long as Mahomes is out there, I have faith that they can cover. Yeah. So, you got By- – what is his name? Byron Pringle? You got yeah. Pringle out there. You could get- Pringle. Josh Gordon it hasn't hit the list yet, miraculously. <laughs> and uh, the running backs, you know, I mean – Bear and um, Williams. Yeah. So I think – I think we should consider the Chiefs. Maybe watch the news cycle between now and tomorrow. Right, right. Okay. Uh, let's see. The last in the 4 o'clock window is Denver, which we already talked about, Drew Locke. But Denver's going to the Raiders. Uh, it opens a pick. And Raiders at home pick. It's still a pick in the contest. It's a 41.5 point total. Really low total. I mean, this game probably five weeks ago would have been much higher. Um, Drew Locke, God, I was all over Denver. Now Drew Locke, God, that sucks. Because Denver's a better football team than, than the Raiders. But he definitely put some variability in the mix. And I know our proxy loves 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 the Raiders here. But, um, God, it's, it's so many stayaways this week, actually. I don't like it. You don't? You, you don't think you would just go auto-fade Drew Locke straight to the Raiders? No. No. I mean, with Wallet playing? <laughs> I was just pulling up the injury report. I I think that he's probably still out. I mean, the Raiders, I got to look at their game log real quick. This is this Raiders team, you know, sorry, Proxy. Uh, they yeah, just Darren, Wall, Darren Waller questionable with an IT band strain. Yeah. Never heard of that injury. Yeah. Besides, but, uh, okay, so after, let's even before, okay, let, let's just, this is their game log since their bye week, okay? Lost to the Giants, scoring 16 points. Lost to the Chiefs, scoring 14 points. Lost to the Bengals, scoring 13 points. They finally scored a bunch against the Cowboys and scored 36 somehow. Lost at home to to Washington, 15 points. Lost to the Chiefs, 9 points. They won last week, 16 points against the Browns, who had no one. Like, the Broncos' defense is pretty solid. Um I mean, you certainly can't back them. I can't back them in this situation. I mean, they're going to score 15 points or less. You're right. The Broncos score 15 points or more. The answer is yes. I just, it's just only if there's pick sixes by Drew Locke. So it's to me, it's Denver pass. I can't take Raiders here. Well, I mean, they certainly still have the dynamic running back, Javante Williams. And uh, I mean, you're right when you look at this Vegas scoreline here do you, what do you think about motivation for vegas they're at home we talked about the christmas uh being at home on christmas day do right. you think that uh the raiders are have thrown in the towel in the season i mean uh, no i mean they won last week <laughs> but let's see what what is i mean they're still in the mix i mean they're 10th they're seven and seven they're really only a game back of the playoffs they are what are they in the conference? They're five and four in a the conference. I mean, 
any good coach would say you're right there because you know mm-hmm. Ravens actually were out of the playoffs. You know, there's only one spot. I mean, the Chargers and the Bills. They, you know, the Bills could lose. They, they're right there. I mean, they yeah. should be motivated, but okay. I mean, the Broncos are the same exact position, seven and seven, and it's like on a neutral field, which it's not like the Raiders have a home field advantage. True. These teams, the Broncos are better. It's just Drew Locke. So he's a he's a handicap, and that's what makes me squeak, you know, a little, little, little squeamish, as they say. Well, I mean, I I think we should consider it. It could be a contrarian pick, without a doubt. I, I would imagine the Broncos are going to be very low picked. Oh yeah, of course. Drew Locke, of course. All right. Let's highlight that one yellow. We come back to it tomorrow. Okay. Sounds good. All right. The primetime games. Uh, the first one should have been a good game, but <laughs> too many problems. But uh, Washington going to Dallas. Uh, Dallas opened as a nine and a half point favorite, 48 point total. It's 10 and a half in the contest, which is kind of the market right now. And the total's a little bit down between 46 and a half and 47. Um, you know, it's, my my beloved Washington football team, which they're going to have a new name next year, by the way, actually. They're going to oh. revealed it. Um, I don't know what it's going to be, but anyway, the it's their last stand. But I think the I think Dallas is going to pummel them. I, maybe not ten and a half, but I mean, I've got this game at like sixteen. I mean, it's it's a it's not. I wouldn't. I don't know if I can get on board with the ten and a half point spread, but Washington they just failed me. They failed me. They look good for a minute. And then they hide the key in the gang. They just, you know, not enough health on that team. I I like Washington in this game. Taylor Heineke news came out this morning that Heineke has been upgraded and looks like he's going to go on Sunday night. And I, Dallas has had great numbers, but I think a lot of it has to do with turnovers. Yep. And on the offensive side of the ball, Dak has not been impressive lately. They haven't really been putting up big numbers on their, on the scoring side over there. And so I think that this 10.5 point spread might be a little bit too much for them to cover. I really like the under in this game. Mm-hmm. And I bet the Cowboys team total under as well. And I think that uh, if the Cowboys can only get to 20, 24 points, it's going to be hard to cover 10.5. So I, I do like Washington, and I think it could be somewhat contrarian as well. Definitely contrarian. I'll give you that. Um, obviously, they played two weeks ago. So let's walk through the injuries. So Heineke's going to be back. Mm-hmm. Is Gibson going to play? I heard he was dinged up. I'm not seeing him on the injury report. Okay, that's good. That's good to hear because I thought he was a little... Um, sorry, you're right. Questionable with the toe. Right. Yet to be established if he'll battle the Cowboys on Sunday. Are they getting back the defensive line, the guys that, that were all out last week, you know, Jonathan Allen and all those guys? Yeah, I don't see any of the D linemen on here. Okay. Well, let's, let's put it as a yellow. Let's put it as a okay. yellow. We can talk about it. Um, look, this is Washington's last stand for the playoffs. They lose here, they're out. They win, mm-hmm. they still have a chance. They still have a pulse. I mean, it's not like, again, in the, in the NFC, it's the same thing. Seven and seven is is the cut line. If you believe the Rams are going to beat the Vikes, the Eagles will probably win. They jump in. Uh, Saints, who knows? So they're right there. You know, there's a lot of, you know, mediocrity over there in the, in the NFC. So... They can still do it, and let's look at the remaining schedule. They play, they play the Eagles again and the Giants. It's all the division. I mean, they got to win, but they lose, and I'd be fading them the rest of the season. So um, we'll see. Let's talk about it. Yellow. Okay, that sounds good. Monday night game, uh, Miami against New Orleans. New Orleans opens a three and a half point favorite home, forty point total. Uh, right now, you've got a pick'em. Uh, because of what we talked about, the quarterback with Ian Book, and the total's like 38 and a half, 39. I mean, Jesus, dude. I, yeah. Going down. <laughs> yeah. Elevator going down. So why wouldn't you pick the Dolphins in this spot? I mean, I, it seems like it's uh, it's the play, doesn't it? I just don't – I'm not really sure what to expect out of Ian Book. You have to figure that uh, – Coach Flores and the defensive coaches are going to have a game plan lined up for him to uh, give him some trouble. But the question is, uh, on the Saints defense, are they going to be able to stop the Dolphins? I mean, they we saw the impressive outing last week against Tom Brady and the Bucs, um, which is reason for the total going down. <laughs> yeah. Quarterbacks on one side, excellent defense. So uh, under certainly in play here. But uh, 
I think, though, that it might be prudent just to stay away because I think the Dolphins are going to be pretty heavy picked just because of the COVID news. And, and maybe we go against that and get lucky and the Saints somehow get in the back door. Right. I mean, it's it is a pick. Right. So the yep. Saints to win. I'm actually River, Rivers. The Saint, uh, Dolphins are two and a half point favorites now. Just there's value. But so that's why people will take it. Um, I agree with you. Everybody's going to pick this game. So. It's okay to stay away. Let everybody, and then we're just big Ian Book fans. Book it. We used to say it on the two years. Check check the podcast two years ago. Book it. Book it. Uh, he won so many games there. And they're just going to give the ball to Kamara, right? Just let him do his yeah. work. Uh, yeah. So you're right. It's, it's about Tua and the defense. Waddle is back. Uh, he's, he's their dynamic player for Dolphins. Their running backs are back again. So, yeah, I'm fine to stay away if you want. I mean, we'll talk about it here in the next segment, but uh, given our position in the contest here, I think our goal is to make a move in the last three weeks and try to get in that top 50 and make some money. And I I really believe the only way that we're going to be able to make that happen is to try to find some games that are less picked. Agreed. And it worked out last week, you know, your Detroit Lions. Congratulations. Yep. So, okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Let's do it. Um, all right, let's review what we've got here in terms of the picks. We we feel great about the Colts. That's our our green. That's you know, the Colts minus mm-hmm. one in the contest against Arizona, even though they're they're a dog if you find them on the board elsewhere. Uh, Philadelphia minus nine and a half at home against the Giants. Uh, Chargers minus ten and a half on the road against Houston. That's also COVID related. Atlanta, the mighty Atlanta Falcons, minus five and a half, a really highly picked game against Detroit at home. Um, we were talking about Kansas City minus seven. We'll have to check the news. Uh, and this is against Pittsburgh. That's a tough one because of missing their two top weapons. Denver over, over the Raiders, just kind of my feeling about those teams. Uh, you know, that's at the Raiders, but that's a pick them in that game, picking Denver and then. Ashton loves Washington plus the ten and a half against the Cowboys. What's the name of the dog again? Levi. Levi. He, he Levi really likes Washington the too. Washington football team and the dogs barking in that one. So thank you, Levi. Uh, <laughs> all right, but that's some good some good selections there, Ashton. Yeah, I think we have some good ones to talk, chat about tomorrow. Definitely going to monitor the COVID list. And uh, see if we can get some more public betting splits in the in the conversation tomorrow morning, right. and uh, we'll be able to make it happen again. Shoot for five and zero, oh, two in a row. Five and zero, oh, two in a row. Good good transition action. So yes, we went five and zero oh last week. Uh, the side action vaulted up into 368th place. So just to let you guys know how that works. You know, we I monitor the whole thing, how we're doing against it. That's actually about as good as we've done this season so far. Even week two, we were about this this stage when we were early on. So big move at the five and oh, put us, puts us at 44, 30 and one, which is 59.33% action. That's great. We always target 60%. The problem is this damn contest. There's so many good players out there. The top dog is at 55 and 20. That's 73.33%. Maybe we can get that, but you know, we're really targeting the top 50, which is 49 and 26. 65.33%. I do think that that final cut line will be closer to 63-ish percent. That's why I do believe we can go 10 and a half, you know, 10.5 more points uh, over the last three weeks, which is 10, four and one. We can still get in the cash. I like it. I, I, I like your projection of the cut line too. I think it's spot on. And uh, I think that we're certainly capable of hitting 10 and a half over the next three weeks. So we just got to make it happen. Just got to do it. Just take it, you know, day by day, week by week and, and figure out the news. Um, so obviously five and zero is a great output. We've done that the last three seasons, but we've had more four and ones this year. That's why we're doing better. We're actually four picks better than we were at this stage last year, action, just to let you know. So nice. feeling good. Let's keep it rolling and uh, and make it happen. So excellent. Well, we'll, we'll check in again tomorrow, action. And uh, I'm excited uh, both for the contest and obviously have a little holiday time off and Enjoy the family. I know your dad is a loyal listener, so maybe uh, he can he can chime in, give you some some advice before our picks tomorrow. Yeah, he told me yesterday he's been super hot. He's won like ten bets in a row, sticking with what he knows: the Colts, the Hoosiers, the Boilermakers, Big Ten basketball. But uh, we'll see what he thinks about that Colts pick. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, everybody. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. If you celebrate, happy holidays. Otherwise, uh, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right. Good luck, everybody. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.